Hello, this is Jason Gewurz, editor and publisher of Sports Travel, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Travel Podcast. This episode will feature David Baker, the president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. We'll be talking about the decision the hall had to make to reschedule its enshrinement ceremony this year, development around the property and in downtown Canton, Ohio, and what it's like to be the one who knocks on the future Hall of Famer's door to tell him the news about the enshrinement. But before we begin, this podcast is being sponsored by the Teams Conference and Expo, the world's largest gathering of sports event organizers and the destinations and suppliers that serve the sports event industry. Teams 20 Virtual will be brought to you from Houston, October 19th through the 22nd, 2020. This year's conference will be a virtual experience and will once again feature the co-location of the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee's SportsLink educational program. The conference will also feature presentations from 48 event organizers at all levels of sports, offering updates on their organizations and events. For more details on everything we have planned online at Teams this year, please visit teamsconference.com. And now, on to the conversation. David Baker took over as president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2014 after a career that included his serving as the elected mayor of Irvine, California, and 12 years as commissioner of the Arena Football League. During his time at the Hall of Fame, he has since led the museum into new territory on a number of fronts. The Johnson Controls Hall of Fame Village Project on and around the grounds is an ambitious effort to add a center of excellence office building with research and development components, a premium hotel, a water park, a convention venue, and a retail promenade to the fame grounds in Canton. The first phase of that project, Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium, has already been completed, as has a complex of fields that have attracted youth tournaments and other events. Uh, The next phase, which includes all those projects I just mentioned, recently broke ground as well. But 2020, of course, has not been without its challenges. The August enshrinement ceremony had to be postponed because of the COVID-19 pandemic, And along with that came the loss of the preseason NFL game from Tom Benson Stadium that has been one of the hall's highest profile events. With two enshrinement ceremonies now planned for next year, Baker has suggested the Hall will have twice the fun in 21. Uh, But how exactly do they plan to pull that off? We'll explore that and more in this episode, including what it's like for Baker to be the one who tells former players they've just been inducted, and how the tradition began of his knocking on their hotel room door to tell them the news. We hope you enjoy the conversation. David Baker, welcome to the Sports Travel Podcast. Jason, great to be with you. I hope you're safe, healthy, and strong. Thank you. Likewise, it has been a while since we spoke. About five years ago or so, we did a Q&A in sports travel with you, and a lot has happened over the last five years. In fact, the, the last five months have felt like five years, which we can get into as well. So uh, a lot that I want to chat with you about, David. I appreciate you coming on. The NFL uh, you know, recently celebrated its 100th anniversary season, but the real 100th anniversary is, is just days away from when we're talking right now, coming up in, in September 2020. Isn't that right? The 100 years since the first game of what eventually became the National Football League. Yeah, last year was the 100th season, but the actual birthday for the NFL from when it was founded right here in Canton, Ohio, Jason, is September 17th of 2020. Uh, so we're just, you know, literally we're about uh, 20 days from that. And, uh, and and understand that this was going to be the greatest celebration in the history of the Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah. We had a special centennial class uh, of enshrinees that was going to be 20 enshrinees for 2020. That included 10 seniors, um, three contributors, two coaches, and five modern era players. And, and it was a spectacular class. And, uh, you know, for our enshrinement, we had the game with the 
Cowboys and the Steelers, which sold out in 22 minutes. But we're also going to have some incredible festivities downtown here in Canton. Uh, our community raised $12 million for a park called Centennial Plaza to commemorate the 100th anniversary for the NFL. And in that park, uh, it, it is a beautiful facility, state-of-the-art, very innovative in terms of uh, light shows. Obviously, it has a mammoth jumbo screen for it there for to watch NFL games on. Right. But it also had pylons that had the name of all 27,000 players that were that played in the first century of the NFL. Yeah, that's amazing. It's really special. So we had, uh, we were probably thinking about, you know, planning on having 20, 30,000 people downtown for that celebration. Now, as it is, we're not supposed to convene more than 10 people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a different, uh, but, ce- different celebration for sure. But I think like a lot of people, a lot of your listeners, uh, while we, we are in the business of uh, congregating and aggregating people together, uh, we are still involved in our message and we'll do a whole lot of stuff virtually. Uh, but, you know, it, it's had a huge impact, too. We have canceled the enshrinement, uh, which generally brings about 700,000 people to all of our events. Uh, we have the museum, which was never closed for mm-hmm. more than two days, Thanksgiving and Christmas in any one year, all of a sudden was closed for 93 days. Wow. Uh, and, and, and then to uh, postpone our events, we postponed the Black College Football Hall of Fame Classic since the Black College Football Hall of Fame was uh, is here at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and that event was going to be over Labor Day. And, and now the centennial is going to have to be done in a certain way. But but we are fighting on. Uh, we are moving forward. We are spreading our message. And it is a challenging time. But one of the really cool things, Jason, if I could say so, yeah. is here at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, this game that we honor is a wonderful metaphor for life. Uh, sometimes you're going to hit a very tough opponent. There's an adversary on the other side of that line. Sometimes you're going to be tackled for a loss. And what you really got to do is you got to huddle up. You got to get on the same page. You got to encourage each other and you got to keep going. And, uh, and that's what we're doing here at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Well, there's a lot of that going around uh, pretty much every industry at the moment, uh, certainly in sports and certainly in the uh, travel and tourism industry as well. David, let me take you a step back. In, in a normal year, how many people are coming through the hall these days, um, obviously before the current situation here? How, how are things looking recently? If you include the museum and all of our events, uh, you know, it's probably on the order of about 900,000 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the museum itself is about 280,000 people. So pretty big numbers. And, and you were just walking through your enshrinement ceremony, which happens uh, every August. And you touched on a couple things there. But I'd like to get, I guess, some context, David, of just how big a weekend that is for you over the course of the year. I know it's only a couple days. But uh, of course, there are so many people listening here who are event planners and know that that's a, a year-round proposition for you and, and your staff. But can you put some context into, as you were having to make the decision this year to postpone all of these events, just how big a decision that was for you, given the the context of what that one weekend means for you every year? Yeah, well, Jason, let me share with you. We had the luxury, really, of uh, having been mostly sold out. So it wasn't like we had to continue selling tickets. Right. Uh, I think it was on March 10th, I believe, around March 10th or 11th, that the NBA suspended their season, that NASCAR suspended everything. Uh, March Madness was canceled. Major League Baseball canceled spring training. So the sports sporting world really shut down on that Wednesday night. As it turns out, we had predetermined 
to put our tickets on sale for the game at nine o'clock on Friday morning, about 36 hours later. Oh, wow. And, 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 I, and I was thinking, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen here? And uh, as I referenced earlier, I think, uh, you know, the game sold out in 22 minutes. <laughs> the enshrinement was like three quarters sold out. So it wasn't like we had to go through this pandemic selling more tickets. And, and so we had the luxury of waiting as long as possible to see what happens because things were obviously changing. Things are still changing. And mm-hmm. and, uh, and yet for us, understand that it is a uh, – we kick off every NFL season – uh, as I mentioned earlier, this is the centennial season. And, and these events are not only big for the game. Uh, respectfully, we would think that they're big for the country. We have 22 national broadcasts every year uh, from the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We have six national broadcasts that occur just during those four days uh, that we think are the best four days in football yeah. uh, that kick off every season. But it's also a very important thing for this region. Uh, Canton itself is a community of about 700,000, and our county is just a little over 300,000. And uh, it's one of those things for us where, you know, th- this is a big economic infusion of, uh, of cash and development here. And so we waited as long as we could. But with that came the decision on the Black College Football Hall of Fame and so many of our other events that we're having. But we were fortunate enough to have next year, thanks to the good graces of Art Rooney and Jerry Jones and Commissioner Goodell, uh, we'll have the same game. So we'll have Pittsburgh and Dallas again next year. Mm-hmm. Really, we only lost when we offered to return tickets. Uh, anybody who wanted one would get uh, reimbursed. But only about 15% of those people asked for their tickets back. So mm-hmm. technically, we're still very close to a sellout right. uh, for next year. Uh, we will add a day, so it'll really be, you know, for for our portion of it, a five-day event. The community itself kind of celebrates three weeks of events. But uh, we'll also have an enshrinement not only on Saturday night, but on Sunday night. And on Sunday night, we'll enshrine, having enshrined the centennial class of 20 enshrinees on Saturday, we'll then enshrine on um, Sunday the class of 21. And that's highly likely to include a guy named Peyton Manning. Yeah, I've heard of him. And that, that, that'll be pretty special. He, he was big in Denver where you are, as that, well as Indianapolis. That is um, true. I think he was big. Uh, he's been big everywhere he's ever, ever been. He is a wonderful guy. But it might include Charles Woodson or uh, Calvin Johnson uh, as well, potentially. But it's going to be a great, two great class. And I think it's potentially going to be, it, it, it might very well, Jason, be the first time we have a full stadium with football fans. And, and so I think it's going to be the greatest gathering in football ever, but we, we refer to it as twice the fun in 21. <laughs> um, but as I talk to other event planners and other people in the hospitality business, there's a lot of us that are looking for twice the fun at 21. Yeah, that that is for sure. You're you're in such a unique uh, situation just by, by nature of being a Hall of Fame and uh, Hall of Fame and having all these people who have waited their entire lives for this moment. I'm curious, David, what the conversation was like for I know uh, Steve Atwater here in Denver was was on your list as you as you talked to those guys to tell them waited your whole life but we needed to wait one more year. What was what was the reaction like from your class that would have been enshrined this year? You know, it, it was difficult, and it's. Uh, I know these are grown men who are the elite in their field. Uh, you know, we only have at presently 326 bronze busts here in Canton, Ohio. So these are guys who are the best that they fought to, to, to be here. Uh, but I would say for every one of them, it was a little bit like Christmas where 
you know, instead of opening your presents on Christmas Eve, we're going to say, well, we're going to do it on Christmas Day. <laughs> and and uh, there was a little bit of that, but I think to a man, every one of them, as well as, uh, you know, their, their, their wives and their daughters and their, their kids, um, every one of them understood the issue and thought it was the right call. You have uh, some other events, David. I know uh, that Canton and on your property, you were set to host the NCAA Division Three football championship, which was known as the Stag Bowl. You've, you had that this year and in 21. Um, that must have been a particular loss for you as well after hearing you know what the NCAA was doing with their fall championships after waiting so long for that game, too. Yeah, it is because, again, we've uh, we've developed in the first phase of Hall of Fame Village, Johnson Controls Hall of Fame Village, Tom Benson uh, Hall of Fame Stadium. And it is a uh, state-of-the-art NFL small venue stadium. It, it, it has the locker rooms. It has the suites. Uh, it is really a spectacular place. But, you know, the lockers, you know, have uh, 105 in each of the locker rooms, uh, stalls for teams. They're made for NFL preseason teams. Uh, and, and we were really excited about that. We also host the Ohio State High School Championships, which, God willing, are still going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're planning on that. Um, but again, it's you know, Jerry Jones, who is my chairman on the NFL side, uh, has a great statement um, as kind of the ultimate entrepreneur of our time. But he says, you know, that in leadership, you have to have a high tolerance for ambiguity. <laughs> and I, I think right now we are all learning how to have that high tolerance of ambiguity and still lead it. Because again, while we have a museum here, while we host events here, the mission of the Pro Football Hall of Fame as you know, Jason, is to honor the heroes of the game, to preserve its history. And history is being made in the game of football, literally with every decision that's being made right now. It's also to promote its values and to celebrate excellence everywhere. So we're more than a museum. We're more, even more than this, you know, than, than this place and the, the village that's around us. We're really about this message of excellence and about the values that the game teaches. And the game teaches perseverance and the game teaches caring for each other and sacrificing for each other and and when you get knocked up you know get up and keep going and it, it, it so right now we think that we're focusing a lot on that message of helping all of america huddle up it's a great message. Uh, it always has been, and, and it always will be. And it's it's great to hear you kind of put everything in, in that perspective. You talked, David, a minute ago about the Hall of Fame Village. So let's uh, go into a little detail on that. When we first spoke years ago, this was a project that was on paper and kind of in theory, and, and we're seeing parts of it uh, having been developed. So we talked a bit about the uh, Tom Benson Stadium, which people, of course, will have seen if, if nowhere else than during that uh, high-profile preseason game. Um, but let's talk about what the overall vision is for the property surrounding the Hall of Fame, because this has been in the works for a long time to, to do even more than just bring people in to see all the amazing stuff you have at the Hall. Yeah, there, there's a whole lot of people who've worked on this and are excited about it uh, here in Canton. You know, the first phase was really Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium and uh, some of the infrastructure that had to go into it and the youth fields uh, that are now bringing uh, so many kids and their parents, you know, to Canton and to the Hall of Fame. Um, But we've now started a separate entity, a Hall of Fame resort and entertainment company that the village uh, has gone into. Mike Crawford heads that up. Uh, as president, and they're beginning the second phase of it. And the second phase of it is a center for excellence that will be a 
at the west end zone of our stadium here. It's a huge retail facility. Uh, it is a world-class hotel. It is a water park. Uh, and, and there's a whole lot of other things that'll come out of this. It's it's also another hotel downtown that is tying downtown Canton to, to really Hall of Fame Village that's powered by Johnson Controls. And so that's the second phase that we'll embark upon here really in the next number of weeks and months. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think uh, it, it continues to move and it's very, very exciting I think for everyone in Canton here, in terms of the jobs it produces, in terms of the revenue it brings to town, and and in terms of our message and how we can use these platforms to amplify those our mission, uh, those values of the game, and and really this standard of excellence that the Hall stands for. And David, uh, there are some hotels that are part of that project as well, right? Yeah, there's one downtown and there's one immediately across from the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And that, uh, you know, the Hilton is involved in uh, both of those. Uh, but uh, we're excited about that as we are in working with all the hotels in the region. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, you mentioned downtown a bit and you talked about it earlier in the conversation. But uh, there's this new downtown plaza that, that Canton is doing. It seems like there seems to be a lot going on here the last couple years just from your relationship as an entity in the city and the city itself and, and trying to enhance it as a tourist destination through the um, everything that are bringing people to town, uh, you know, for the for the Hall of Fame and all to see all their heroes there. Yeah, I, I, again, I think what these guys started here many years ago, almost six decades ago, of honoring this kind of excellence. It's it's you know, Jason, it's more than just worshiping a football hero or worshiping the game of football. When I came to the Hall of Fame, what I was blown away by is how many people come here who are terminally ill and they're looking for some hope and. Most of us don't watch the game at the NFL stadium. Most of us watch it on TV at home with our family. Yeah, and, and so they want to feel that they're a part of it. They have seen Roger Staubach or Aaron Rodgers throw a Hail Mary at the end of the game and know there's hope. And, and for me, this is something that's really special and it's something that, uh, you know, America, you know, really needs now more than ever because we seem to be so divided and sometimes so angry with each other. And so I think Canton and this county has kind of rallied around that. And here in the Midwest, there are a lot of businesses and a lot of communities that for decades have been losing population and losing businesses like the steel industry. But what we've seen this is a lot of people rallying around it, a lot of job creation. It has brought a lot of new and infusion of capital into Canton and into the region. And again, we're excited about it because it's it, it allows us a great platform uh, to continue this this mission that is bigger than football. But it uses this incredible platform that football is. You know, a year ago, uh, the TV ratings for the NFL were ten times higher than college football, the NBA, the NHL, and Major League Baseball combined. Yeah, it's amazing. And that's our platform. And when standing upon that platform, you can do a whole lot of good. You know, during this pandemic, uh, the hall partnered with some other folks and we provided uh, 2.4 million meals in 11 different NFL cities to people who were suddenly in need. Hmm. Now, we're we're not a food bank, Jason, but all of a sudden there was a need and there were partners and we huddled up and we put together a game plan. And uh, with, with some really good people, we're able to pull that off. You know, we, we've got, you know, right now we've got 176 living gold jackets. 
that are guys that have their own brand and, you know, have the ability to attract resources. And they're fully engaged in, in making a lot of good things happen. And, and by the way, during this time, they, they happen to be guys who are on the cutting edge of race relations. You know, we, we are the home of the Black College Football Hall of Fame here for the same reason. Uh, when these guys got involved, Jim Brown or Willie Lanier, um, you know, when they got involved, it wasn't about the color of your skin. It was about the color of your jersey. Right. And they were, if you could help them get one more yard, you were their brother. And so, you know, it, it's, it's really been wonderful to be a part of this and use this incredible platform that can have so much economic development to it as well. Well, David, you've, we've talked about the gold jackets and we've talked about some very serious issues, which uh, unfortunately are, are a reality across the sports industry and across a lot of other industries as well. But let's uh, have a little fun here in the time we have remaining. When we spoke a couple years back, I believe you were still uh, giving a phone call to the uh, to the people who had been selected to the Hall of Fame. And now, of course, there's this wonderful tradition during Super Bowl week where uh, they get a knock on the door from you. So tell me a little bit about how that became a tradition here in the last couple of years and, and what that experience is like for you when you get to be the one to tell all these individuals that they're going to be enshrined in Canton. Yeah, Jason, you know, I think this is now my seventh year. And my first year, within a couple months of being here, we had the Super Bowl in New York and we got this idea that we would bring all the finalists, and there's generally about 18 finalists, and there would be four to eight picked of them. And then we would get them over to Radio City Music Hall, in the case of New York, and we would introduce them live to the nation. We wanted to knock on the door, but frankly, the first time we did it, we, we ran late, so we had to call him. <laughs> and my first call was to Michael Strahan because he lived in New York, and we needed to get him through traffic. Uh, the second one was to Derek Brooks because Derek was a, uh, a guy I considered a friend, and I just wanted the ability to tell my buddy that he made it into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, my third one was... Uh, Ray Guy, a punter with the Oakland Raiders, sure, who had been a finalist for 29 years and never been selected. And when I called him, he almost didn't answer the phone because I'm from Orange County, California, and I have area code 714. He was expecting 330 from Canton. <laughs> but uh, fortunately, he did. And he's got this slow southern Mississippi drawl, and he said, yes. And I said, uh, Ray, this is Dave Baker. I'm the new president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And he said, yes, sir. And I said, Ray, it is my great pleasure. And I got that far, Jason, and I could hear him hit the ground. And his phone was rattling around, and his wife, Sandy, was saying, Honey, baby, are you okay? Sweetheart, are you okay? And it was like two minutes before he got back on the line, and I thought I'd killed my first Hall of Famer. <laughs> no. and, and, and then he got up, and he grabbed the phone, and he said, I'm sorry, but I don't think I understood until right now how much this means to me. And from that, we kind of started knocking on their door so fans could see how much it means to them. And in every one of the, of the people that I've knocked on their door, you know, that first moment is elation. But within a relatively few seconds, they're not thinking about how much money they're made or their records or their championship rings. Uh, they're thinking about the mom that drove them to practice when they're 10 years old. Yeah. Thinking about the dad that didn't let them quit. They're thinking about the coach that inspired them to do more than they ever thought they could do. And it's like this entire journey goes through their mind and their eyes, and I can see it. And, and I think fans have now seen it in a matter of seconds and minutes. And, you know, last year when we walked on the set, uh, set of CBS to let Bill Cower know, Bill is a very private guy. 
he doesn't like showing those emotions. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and he broke down with his family who we called in at the last moment. And, and Jimmy Johnson, when we stepped on the stage at Fox, I thought he was, he, he wasn't breathing. I thought he was going to suffocate. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, they were, they were how, great how, moments. Yeah, Howie was on one side of him, and Terry was on the other side of him, and they were ready to catch him because uh, they thought he was a fake. And and you looked around the set when it was done. I mean, they actually went to Green Bay that where they were doing a game, and Troy Aikman, who was watching, had tears in his eyes. And you looked around the set at Fox, and everybody's crying. Yeah. And, and there have been guys like Jerry Kramer, who waited 45 years, or you know, one of the ones that I always think about was Brett Favre, you know, uh, on the day we selected that class, it took 10 hours to select the class. Hmm. But frankly, it took 10 seconds to select Brett Favre. <laughs> uh, he, he knew I was going to knock on his door, and I did too. And, and then when I did knock on his door, he came to the door, and I told him, I think at that time, he was one of the 302 best coaches, players, and contributors of all time. And he stuck his hands in his pocket like a 10-year-old kid. <laughs> and he hung his head, and he said, thank you. Thank you so much. And I really felt in that moment that even the great Brett Favre clearly understood the shoulders of the men who he stood upon, and he appreciated the history of that moment. And uh, and I saw it more in him later on as we went through the process of enshrining him. But it's 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 really a a very special moment here for people to be affirmed, but also for people to understand that hey, I didn't get here alone. There's a lot of people that made this journey with me. And uh, so I'm real happy that we get the chance. And we're looking, always looking for other ways mm-hmm. that fans can see that and understand how important it is to them. David, let me ask you a serious logistical question for the people that you do get to knock on the door at the hotel room. Do you have a deal with the housekeeping that they're just not allowed on those floors for a few hours? I mean, is that an actual discussion that has to take place in the hotel? I'll tell you, we have uh, kind of pretty strict rules now. And we've learned the year after Ray Guy, who I talked about, mm-hmm. when we did this for the first time, you know, I, I went to the door to knock on the door for Jerome Bettis. Yeah. And, and again, this time we went, our selectors went a long time and we're kind of late. And I knocked on the door and I knocked on the door and I knocked on the door again. And finally, the maid came to the door. And I said, is Jerome Bettis here? And she said, who? And, and Jerome had gotten, uh, you know, frustrated, had felt it gone too long. He wasn't going to pick, get picked, so oh, he no. left. <laughs> and then I went to Tim Brown's room, and, you know, I knocked on the door, and, you know, somebody said, who is it? And I said, I'm looking for Tim Brown. And they said, he's not here. And, and I said, well, but it's his room. And, you know, is Tim Brown here? And they said, no, he's not here. Get away. <laughs> And, and uh, Tim had had that room, and uh, because it was too close to the elevator, he ended up switching oh, rooms, and we didn't. Get and, and so the third one was going to uh, Ron Wolf, the great general manager of the Green Bay Packers and the uh, Oakland Raiders. And I knocked on the door, and thank God he opened the door. And I've got you know two cameras and two guys with boom mics right next to me, and there he is, resplendent in his. Because we take him from there over to the honor show to reveal him to the nation live, and, and he uh, he is you know got a beautiful tie and he's got a, a wonderful coat on, really well shined shoes, but he had he didn't want to wrinkle his pants, so they were hung over the chair. <laughs> and I said, Ron, I've got good news and bad news. I said the good news 
uh, if you're going to Canton. I said, the bad news is right now you're on national TV. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, I don't care. This is great. But we, we've had all kinds of incredible things happen. And it is a special moment. Uh, I, I will tell you, there's so many. I got the best job in the world because uh, there are so many special moments. Yeah, like that. Uh, it's obviously emotional for the people you're talking to. Are you an emotional person yourself, David? Is that, uh, I mean, on some level, is it are these difficult conversations to get through? You, you know, I, I, I'll tell you, there's so many things that are incredible in this, Jason. I, I, I will tell you that I am a person who uh, I think I care not just a little. I care a lot. And that's, you know, that kind of fuels the passion I have for these values that the Hall of Fame has and our mission. But I see it, you know, I also get to be the guy with Commissioner Goodell who gives them their gold jacket. I get to give them their ring in the fall, uh, as I have done there in Denver, you know, for Champ Bailey and Pat Boland most recently in in front of their fans in their stadium. And I see them, I, I can look into their eyes as they can hear all these fans cheering for them again. But, you know, one, one of the coolest things we do is not that difficult, but it happened just this last week. Some of our oldest Hall of Famers, uh, we could call guardians of the game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these guys love to get together and have a beer and share old stories. And to us, those old stories are history. So came up to this one day with John Madden and these guys can't travel. And uh, Coach Madden's a guy who doesn't like to fly, so... What we do is we send them all lunch, we send them a six-pack of beer, and then we all get on a conference call together as they're eating their lunch. And, and there's probably about 14 to 16 guys on that line, and it's Marv Levy, who's 95, yeah. or Sonny Jurgensen, or Coach Madden. And, and, and I'll tell you, the stories they tell, the insights that they provide, you know, Marv Levy, when, when we were taught, when we the pandemic first came out, we talked about the guardians of the game. And uh, Marv said, you know, he says, when I was in the U.S. Army Air Corps, he said there was a sign in the mess tent that said, the difficult we make happen immediately. The impossible takes a little longer. And he says, we just need to work on this. And I'm thinking, here is a guy I'm talking to who was in the military before there was an Air Force. (laughs) And, and, And he's been through so much. And they really provide a lot of wisdom, a lot of perspective. And frankly, you know, I, I think a lot of hope you know, that, uh, you know, that the grind we go through every day is not the end. It's just the process that's going to get it to a better place. Yeah. Well, you know, David, I think that's maybe a perfect way to to end the conversation here. I, you know, I certainly appreciate you sharing your stories of all the wonderful things you get to do and also, you know, the challenges as well that this year has uh, put in front of you. But I think everyone's looking forward for your organization and others to a, a much better 2021. And uh, as you say, twice the fun on hand in Canton coming up soon enough. Yeah, absolutely, Jason. And the same for you and to, to all your listeners. Uh, you know, I know, I know uh, you serve a whole lot of people in the hospitality and sports and event history. And uh, hang in there, keep going, and the very best is still ahead. I appreciate that, David. It was fantastic talking with you, and uh, best of luck with everything on tap here in the months to come. Thanks, Jason. God bless. 
This has been another edition of the Sports Travel Podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on all your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Past episodes are also available at sportstravelmagazine.com, which also features breaking news and in-depth features on stories related to the sports event industry. Be sure to visit us daily at sportstravelmagazine.com, at Sports Travel on Twitter and Instagram, and at Sports Travel Magazine on Facebook and LinkedIn. Until then, this is Jason Kowertz for Sports Travel, and thanks for listening.